truth be told. Kane is a murderer. Kane, you are a murderer. Denial fuels the anger. I am not. Kane is an accident. Why don't you tell the world the whole truth? You are a murderer. Guilt poisons the soul. It's something that I have to live with. It was an accident. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the Ruthless Aggression Era from the start to the absolute finish. And today, we're going to look at the TV tapings on the back of No Mercy and leading up to Survivor Series 2002, starting with probably what can be described as one of the worst episodes in Monday Night Raw history. My name's Dave, and I'm joined by a very good friend of the podcast, over in the States, that is one and a half of the S&M show. That is Michael Larkin. Michael, speak to the people. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Dave. Thank you very much for having me, as always. It's a pleasure. You looking, uh, are you looking forward to talking, Katie Vick? Well, we're going to have to talk about it, so here we go. <laughs> so, Michael, before we delve into Raw and SmackDown, um, is there any news in the world of professional wrestling that's jumped out at you this week? TNA has a new logo with the anthem there, the owl. And their Anthem Wrestling Exhibitions looks to be the name going forward. Well, not actually going forward, but coming soon. If they're going to change from Impact Wrestling to something, it looks like it'll be Anthem Wrestling Exhibitions. Wow. AW. Uh, Aaron Rex has like a Liberace slash Gorgeous George gimmick now with makeup, and he's got the rings on his fingers. And Rockstar Spud is like his show four, and he looks like Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> oh, Christ. That owl. That is just that owl. It's like the Twitter logo. It looks like the Twitter logo looking face on. It's just, it doesn't scream wrestling promotion. It doesn't scream supposed to be second best in the world wrestling promotion. I mean, there's some good wrestling that they have. I mean, uh, we got the broken, they did the race for the case thing, which is like Feast or Fired, except without the fired part, which the reveal was stupid because it was on uh, the dummy, yeah, Eli Drake's, uh, Fact of Likes Life segment, which is usually funny, but this one was just cringeworthy to watch. Uh, what else can I say? Oh, looks like we're going to have a Wolves implosion. We're going to get Eddie Edwards versus Davey Richards very, very soon. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Eddie Edwards in a 30-minute Iron Man match for the title next week. We got Jade versus Rosemary in a Monsters Ball match for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, Bram, uh, the DCC, 
that, that I'm looking forward to see where they go. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on the DCCM with James Storm, him and uh, Kingston, Eddie Kingston, uh, Allie and Braxton Sutter. That continuation of that with Maria Canellis Bennett. Uh, and yeah, man. And that's pretty much all I got to say about TNA. I mean, wow. TNA, I'm, I, TNA, it sounds enthralling. <laughs> I don't want, I don't, like I said, I'm not speaking anything bad about it. It's just, there's good wrestling. It's just some of the booking is just, terrible. yeah. I, I think it made me chuckle then when you were just going over what, what was it called? The, what's now the feast of fired match. It's race for the case. The race for the case. It's like everything in TNA has to rhyme when it's, when it's some form of match. And it's like, did they hire Russo back with the booking? Because it's like, well, if you're Josh Matthews, goes, well, if you're confused, then we'll explain the rules. Each case has a number in it, and whatever number it is, you get to fight a rival. One is you get to fight a rival, uh, you know, in like some stipulation match. One's for, <laughs> one's for a tag title shot, and one, I don't know, just it's just it's one of those Vince Russo s like when he had King of the Mountain, where we it was a, the reverse ladder mm-hmm. match. Yeah, but yeah, but what was worse about King of the Mountain is you had the stupid penalty box after you would get pinned. You have to spend like five <laughs> minutes penalty box. Oh, <laughs> uh, TNA. Yeah, the only purpose of the penalty box was for somebody to just jump off and do a high flying move off of it. That was every match. Yeah, yeah. And once you've seen it once, you know exactly what's coming next. And um, on this, the subject of TNA, well, kind of ish to to a small point. Mike Larkin has me ask me how excited I am that Kurt Angle's in the Hall of Fame. How excited are you that Kurt Angle? My God, I had such a hard on. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> what about time too? About obviously, yeah. Kurt Angle is one of the boys of the ruthless aggression era. Do you know what I mean? He's one of the standout performers, um, and it's what's put him on that that certain pedestal now, where a lot of wrestlers aspire to be Kurt Angle. Um, I don't want to see. I'm not fussed if Kurt Angle has another match. I know people getting butter on like Twitter and Facebook because, oh well, he best have a match if he's back now. He can't just be back for Hall of Fame. Let's let's enjoy it. He's back. We're going to see his music go off. We're going to see all the crowd chanting, you suck, when he comes out. Kurt's going to embrace it. We're going to hear Kirk on the, Kurt on the mic again. Let's enjoy this moment, because Kurt Angle is coming home. Agreed. And, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, he's the second ever wrestler to be inducted in both TNA and WWE Hall of Fames. Who was the first? Oh, Sting. Sting, Sting obviously. Obviously, yeah. Who, who else is in the TNA Hall of Fame? Is it Earl Hebner, Gail Kim? Earl- the Dudley Boys, Gail Kim, and I think that's about it for right now. Uh, what else can I... Oh, a lot of people saying who's going to induct Kurt Angle. I would go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Crackcorn? And I don't care, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Austin or maybe um, Team Angle? Yeah, Triple H. Yeah. Stephanie yeah, McMahon? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what else. But, yeah, Kurt Angle, I'm very happy to see him go in. A lot of people want to see him go against Rusev for one match. But I'm like, yeah, just let him enjoy the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then we might as well briefly touch on it before we get into uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown from No Mercy. Um, obviously, coming up, we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, a week tomorrow is the Raw Rumble, if I'm correct. Um I want to hear a couple of predictions from you, Larkin. I want to hear who's going to be number one in the Rumble, who's going to be number 30 in the Rumble, and ultimately, who's going to win the Rumble. 30, I would go with The Undertaker. Uh, Number one? That's interesting. Uh, uh, That's a tough one. I don't know. Make it be like Chris Jericho or somebody. 
I'll just say Chris Jericho and number 30 be The Undertaker. All, all in all, the win. Man, I'd love to see Owens versus Jericho at the uh, at the WrestleMania. I'd love to see Jericho win the Rumble. So you so you thinking Jericho's going to come in from number one and do the go the whole run? Uh, he's the heartbreak kid of this era. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking more Seth Rollins as number one, and for him to do have be the uh, be the marathon man in this Rumble. Well, yeah, that that makes more sense. Then Triple H comes out and screws him. Yeah, or maybe even Triple H comes out second. Oh, that would be interesting as well, yeah. Like I said, this is the one Royal Rumble I'm actually looking forward to, Who people who's in the match. It's, it's very unpredictable. Yeah, and that's what's exciting me about this Rumble, is we, there's that many combinations, potential combinations that we could see. Like, we could see an Undertaker-Goldberg standoff in the Rumble. A lot of great possibilities. I mean, man, Goldberg and Lesnar, you know, they're definitely setting that up for Mania. Seth and Triple H will probably set up here for Mania. Those are like the two locked-in ones. Speaking of Taker, a lot of people are talking about who's he going to wrestle. Somebody was saying maybe Braun Strowman. Uh, there's talk of Roman versus Strowman. There's talk of Roman versus The Undertaker. But I don't think that they're going to do Taker and Cena like they wanted to this year. I think uh, they're going to save it possibly for next year because next year and then they're in New Orleans, which is where the streak died. So. Ah, maybe. And that could be Undertaker's... Uh... Well, they keep saying it every year, don't they, that this is Undertaker's last match. He'll still be wrestling in 20 years' time. Mm-hmm. They say it every year, this is Taker's last match, Taker's last match, it's going to be his last mania. And all of a sudden, then online reports come of Taker looking not so good. It's, it's a standard every year. Taker, Taker wrestles at mania, win or lose. A couple of months later, we get an online report of Taker on crutches, or Taker with grey hair, Taker looking frail. And it's like, oh no, Taker's done, we'll never see him again. And then all of a sudden, reports come and bang, he's, he's back again. The kid is immortal. <laughs> he's, he's superhuman. He's the Undertaker. That he is, and I mean, it's going to be interesting. I can tell you right now, AJ Styles is probably going to retain the belt. Uh, well, we got the Elimination Chamber coming in uh, on a uh, SmackDown side in February, so we get to see AJ defend in the Elimination Chamber. So, are we gonna? So, is it that is that just a SmackDown exclusive pay per view? Then that is it. Yeah, that's the uh, SmackDown pay per views. The Elimination Chamber, then Raw's pay per view was Fastlane. Fastlane, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh. These pay-per-views. And I think I spoke with Kita about this, uh, Kita Hubbard. We were talking about there's too many damn pay-per-views. Oh, it's, it's getting beyond a joke. It's getting beyond a joke. Like, and obviously the era that we're covering, uh, the Ruthless Aggression era, that's, that is one of them where a lot of people do say a bit later on into the time there is too many pay-per-views. Uh, and there is. Uh, and look what happened. It comes to a point where the, the roster depleted that much, where you had both pay-per-views, but you had exactly the same match each and every pay-per-view. Uh, because the the rosters were that small, and it come to like it was like 2009, 10, where they were having super shows to make sure that they had both Raw and SmackDown rosters on each show, um, and I just I, don't, I don't want it to get to that again. Extension for you guys, it started with the ruthless aggression. It started in like June of '03 when Bad Blood was Raw, and then they had Vengeance as uh, in July as SmackDown. Yeah, and then it just gets worse and worse as as the time goes on. But I think at the minute with how they're doing it, where we're getting two a month. Uh, sometimes we're getting three in six weeks, seven weeks. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. Yeah, and I mean, I think people, you know, who are not fans of Roman Reigns are probably going to be happy because I don't see him winning the championship at the Rumble. No. I mean, like the, I'm looking forward. Styles and Cena is going to be good. The Rumble match, like we said, is going to be really good. Uh, they also announced Charlotte and Bailey for the uh, women's championship. That promo on Raw with Bailey, I'm sorry, but ugh. And then once we got uh, on the Cruiserweight Championship side, we got Rich Swan versus Neville. So that's what they have announced so far for the Rumble. Yeah, you've, you've got to think with how they're pushing him, Neville's taking the title. 
That's exactly right. Yeah, you've got you've got to. I think it needs something like that. The the cruiserweight division, and I've I've touched on it many times. Um, it, it it doesn't excite me as much as I I hoped it was going to, uh, especially on the back of the CWC. Um, but yeah, so the, let's fingers crossed for Neville. All right, briefly, uh, rest in peace to the WWE Hall of Famer, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Been a nice tribute for him on Raw, which everybody was like, yeah, you got to give a tribute for him. But hey, I guess it was because The Rock put out on Twitter, you know, about his past. Yeah, and, so. and then Tamina put something out as well with a photo of her yeah. and Snooker. Uh, After. And then the other piece of news, Super Card of Honor in April, Lakeland, Florida, the Young Bucks versus the Broken Hardys. It's going to happen for Ring of Honor. Uh, the Young Bucks accepted the challenge on Ring of Honor TV. Uh, then all of a sudden the lights go out. There's the drone above the ring. Vanguard 1, the Young Bucks super kick the drone, Vanguard 1. I remember the Young Bucks as Generation Me, I think they were called. And you take away their, and don't get me wrong, I love a high spot, like anybody does. I love a flip they do. I love it. A good, a good moonsault, a good somersault planche, stuff like that, love it. But when your style is 99% flip de doos and um, 1% super kicks, and I, the, 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 do you know what annoys me most, Michael, about the young sucks? It's just the fact that they can't tell a story. They'd, 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 they'd be useless in WWE, absolutely useless, because WWE don't work that way. You can, you can do a couple of eye spots, but that's to get the crowd pumped or, or to tell the story or it, it wouldn't work. But the Young Bucks, they, they look like Matt and Jeff Hardy when they used to be jobbers on Raw in like 93 and 94. Um, they've got, the attitude stinks. I don't, I don't like listening to them on a mic. Um, there was a, a YouTube clip that I was watching the other day with them two and AJ Styles doing these multiple finishes on this guy. And they were just, there was no need for it. And it just, yeah, they annoyed the fuck out of me. Basically, yeah, they, you, have, <laughs> you have the indie taker that they do the springboard tombstone, the Meltzer driver, uh, you know, and then yeah, AJ would come with the Styles Clash when you know he was with the Bullet Club there. Uh, as far as the Young Bucks go in TNA, you know, they were Max and Jeremy Buck, Generation Me. Uh, they had a nice feud with the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, then you know they had some good matches in Ring of Honor with them, and uh, they just lost the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles to Rapungi Vice, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. At Wrestle Kingdom, so now they're the Ring of Honor Tag Champs and uh, the Pro Wrestling Gorilla Tag Team Champions. So they still got some tag gold on them, and uh, yeah, they just beat the Briscoes at Final Battle. So let's see where they go now. It looks like we're going to Broken Hardys. So the match with the Hardys um, is that for any title tag title? Well, I believe it'll be for the Ring of Honor Tag Titles because the Hardys want to get all tag titles in space and time, and I think they. <laughs> yeah. uh, They've made a challenge to the day of the no, well, not the day of the new. Now it would be a uh, Cesaro and Sheamus or any tag team champions currently. Yeah, have they have they not got a name for Cesaro and Sheamus yet? Uh, not yet, right. but I know the day of the new and uh, the books of youth. Yeah, the, the the man with three H's that gets me. That was brilliant. It's brilliant. I'd well, like what I'd like to see um, is they um, bring back the old titles that they won back in the Attitude Era back in like ninety eight, ninety nine. <laughs> that's when they beat the APA yeah. or just fall into the lake of resurrection and come out with Michael P.S. Hayes oh god yes on the hot topic year correct right Mr. Larkin are you ready to discuss a bit of Raw and Smackdown circa October 2002 yes let's get to it
So it is Raw, October the 21st. It is the after Mercy. Promo. Um, it's like 2016. Uh, Triple H comes out for everyone who said that he didn't award the world title. You. Uh, he says, uh, and he, uh, he hits a brilliant line of, I hope that Kane didn't get in a car accident and kill somebody. You know, and, and, and speaking of mailing Katie Vick, I know Kane's not even here yet, right? God, you know, I, I hope Kane hasn't gotten into a car accident and killed somebody. <laughs> That's supposed to be humor? <sighs> <laughs> We started to go on on this episode. Um, he says uh, Kane might not turn up because of the video tape that he has, uh, and he's going to show it later. He says the video proves, and here we go again, the video proves that Kane is a murderer and a rapist. So we are not even five minutes into the show, and already Triple H has said that he hope Kane doesn't get into a car accident and kill somebody, and that he's going to prove today that Kane is a murderer and a rapist. Fuck my life. Yeah, I was just starting watching this, and I was like, really? Really? We're going to have this now? And this was right after the Billy and Chuck wedding, so it's just like, really? Yeah. When, really? When Which... they, were getting, they were getting a bit of guff off the TV network because of the um, HLA segments and stuff like that, and then, yeah, I've, I've got a cracking idea. It's uh, I would have loved to have been in the creative meeting behind this episode. I really <sighs> would. And, uh, well, I'll put Triple H said on a radio show about the Katie Vickangle later. I can't wait till we get to that. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> um, so the first match of the night uh, is Chris Nowinski versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, Chris Nowinski gets the win uh, after an assist from Al Snow. Obviously, Nowinski and Al Snow, uh, they've got a bit of history as we've seen in the Raw and Smackdowns uh, before No Mercy. Uh, obviously, they've got their history being off the Tough Enough series as well. Well, with this matchup, Nowinski and Hardy, I remember uh, yeah, Al Snow like uh, moved him out of the way so he can get the pin on Jeff. But, yeah, I mean, Nowinski and Al Snow had their feud, and then I know him and Maven were embroiled in a feud around this time. But, yeah, I just – that's all I really remember about the whole Nowinski thing. It was like Nowinski, Maven, and Al Snow in this, like, three-way feud triangle. Not Al Snow and Maven, but Al Snow and Maven against Nowinski. Um, we go backstage. Um, we've got Stacey Keebler. Um, she wants an opportunity to ref a match tonight. Bischoff says she can ref any match apart from the main event. Um, and then he says uh, he, he speaks with Bish, uh, with Big Show. Sorry, after obviously last night at No Mercy, where Big Show attacked him, he said tonight you're gonna have a handicap match. Um, it's gonna be three minute warning. Rosie and Jamal, who we've not seen at No Mercy, and we were surprised when me and the boys were speaking about. We were surprised that three minute warning were off the card uh, compared to how much they've pushed him over previous weeks. Um, and three minute warning along with Rico. So it's gonna be a three on one handicap match a bit later against the Big Show. Uh, we have a moment backstage with Tommy Dreamer, Nowinski and Al Snow um, keeping up with this uh, this mid-card, uh, as you've just discussed then, this storyline they've got, which is what it, I do, um, I am impressed by um, watching these, re-watching these Raw and Smackdowns from this period of time, of how much emphasis they still put into storylines with nobodies. Because like like Chris Nowinski, um, he now looks like he's going into this storyline with Al Snow. Um, back before No Mercy, he was having the storyline where he wanted to basically sexually assault Molly Holly. But they're giving nobody storylines, and I'd, I'd love for them to do something like this on, on present-day TV. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we get um, Bischoff, uh, he comes out, to uh, introduce us, us to uh, the next the main event match at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. It's going to be the Elimination Chamber. Um, it is basically, he said it's going to be a corporation of Hell in the Cell, a cage match, and war games. Um, you're basically going to have uh, four pods in the corners, um, encased uh, in like a perspex, 
Um, and then the uh, the cage itself is going to be chain link, run all the way around, and it's going to have a roof on it, like a dome. Um, I remember at the time when he was describing this match, obviously we'd not seen any pictures, he was just describing it, um, and I got all these visions in my head of what it was going to be, and um, it was an exciting time in wrestling because it's a brand new gimmick match, and it's something that we don't see very often. I agree. I was looking forward to seeing what they had. I just remember, you know, constantly 36 feet in diameter, 10 tons of steel. One uh, one winner, one champion. Just great hype for such a great matchup that it was. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then we get to uh, t the next match is Test versus uh, Jobber to the Stars of 2002, D'Lo Brown. Um, Test... Stacey is uh, Stacey Cooper's refereeing this match. Uh, obviously, a bit earlier, she asked to uh, the opportunity to ref a match. She's refereeing this one, uh, and Stacey gives Test the victory by delivering a fast count. Uh, so it's looking like uh, at the minute could Stacey Cooper be a, uh, a signing with Test? Um, our next match we have a um, a three on three intergender. Uh, Raw loves his intergender matches. Um, the as we've covered before. Uh, Mike, we've had uh, intergender matches new enough every week of Raw that we've covered this, usually starring Bubba Ray Dudley and Trish Stratus against a couple of heels. Right. Uh, but today we have Trish Stratus, we have Booker T and Goldust going up against Jericho, Christian and Victoria. Uh, Booker, Goldust and Trish get the victory. Uh, sorry, Jericho, Christian and Victoria get the victory. And then it's time to see that video. Hello? Is anyone here? Hello? It's me, Kane. Is anyone here? Just let me touch you, Katie, in that car. You just let me touch you. Beautiful breasts. Then I wouldn't have swerved and gone off the road. And you would still be alive. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Don't. No. No. You would too. You would still be alive and it's your fault. That's right. That's right. It is your fault, and you know it. Because I loved you, Katie. And you, you didn't love me when you were alive. Because I was... some burnt-up freak. What's that? Really? Now that you're... you're dead? You want me? I want you too, Katie. I've always wanted you, Katie. Look at you. I want you more than ever now in your cheerleader uniform. I used to watch you bounce up and down. Yeah. 
Denny's, which you, you know, if you want me and I want you, then there's no reason that we shouldn't be together. like that, huh? Don't be too loud. Your parents are next door, Katie. The other hand, too. Oh, yeah. That's good. You know, Katie, you, you feel kind of stiff. But yeah, Katie Vick. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, Triple H with the videotape. They play it. He's dressed in the cane mask. And you know, he goes in there and he's talking about Katie and the oh, Katie. And then you know, he starts getting up on her. Uh, which it's a mannequin in the casket. And then he's just like, oh, Katie. And then you know, you see blurring from the camera because you know, it's a very sexually provocative. And then you know, he's just ripping her stuff off. And then all of a sudden, he goes, oh, Katie, it looks like. I just humped your brains out. And he's just moaning and groaning. And then Triple H, you pan back, and he's laughing hysterically. And I, in a way, this was the first time that I watched wrestling. I thought, why in the world am I watching this? But, yeah, Katie Vick, it was terrible. We had a necrophilia angle on uh, WWE TV. And Triple H later would go and say in a radio interview about uh, – Al, uh, Vince, Mc this was actually at a funeral home. There was a funeral going on in the next room, and Vince wanted him to scream louder and louder with the moaning. And the, oh, Katie, he wanted him to scream louder. <laughs> and a funeral was going on in the next room, and they friggin' told him, yeah, you, can you guys keep it down, please? Oh, my God. And the, well, this is the Vince McMahon that wanted to have an incest storyline with his own daughter. And then, when that got rejected, he wanted to have an incest storyline with his own daughter and his own son. Uh, he's one fucked-up dude. Seriously, and this storyline, this was the first time in a long time that made me ashamed of being a wrestling fan. It really did. Because um, you don't want to see, it's not funny. Um, I remember back in 2002, um, obviously I was, back in 2002 I would have been um, 17, 17-ish, probably 18. Um, and I found it quite humorous, do you know what I mean? You've got that adolescent juvenile mindset in some cases, especially with wrestling. Um, and I found it humorous, but I look back and... When I was watching it back the other day uh, to do this podcast, I was I felt ashamed to be a wrestling fan. Me too. Me too. And I was uh, 10 at the time when this happened. So, yeah, I was like really... Wow. And then you go back to look at it. I was very ashamed. Wow. 10-year-old uh, game. Oh, let's listen. Yeah, yeah, it's Monday Night Raw. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Just then you have to see that horse shit. Well, well. And... Oh. Well, we get, um, we get a vignette for Batista. The, uh, well, it's not the animal yet, is it? But Batista. Uh, we've seen him on SmackDown with with uh, being decon Batista with the Reverend Devon. But it looks like Batista now is going to be joining the Monday Night Raw roster. So uh, good things to come. Fingers crossed from him because he looks like an absolute beast. Well, yeah, he dropped the Reverend. So, yeah, I'll testify. All right, Jim Cornette even said about the Katie Vick thing, like, that was one of the worst things. He even had to apologize to, you know, some people I think that were his friends that were in attendance at that. Same with Paul Bearer, even the late, great Percy Pringle said, when they came out with the Kane book that WWE did, uh, I forgot what year it came out, but I know they did, like, a Kane-based book 
about the life of Kane for WWE. They friggin' the first chapter of the book was Katie Vick, and he just threw it away. It's uh, was was that a WWE produced Kane book? Was it? It was a WWE produced Kane book. Yes. Yeah. So okay. But you know what's even funny about it too is I remember this time like we were talking about you know wrestling at this time and just remembering this as like a kid and then you know as I said me growing up with this era and I even think about other wrestling games that they had that came out because you know me I'm a big wrestling video game guy like the first video game I ever got was actually in you know, 2 I got a uh, Shut Your Mouth for the PS2 and I even had the one before that Just Bring It. I had, you know, the Here Comes the Pain, the SmackDown vs. Raw series. Even if you want to go a non-WWE uh, game, I did have the wrestling game Def Jam Vendetta, which oh, was all these. I had Def, yeah, I had that awesome game. Yes, uh, but it, I'll say this right now. A lot, and I had the Legends of Wrestling games too, which had Andy Kaufman in one of them, which yes. was cool. Yeah, a lot better than that TNA video game that they produced later on. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I can go a bit before you. Um, like my first ever wrestling game was Monday Night Raw for the Mega Drive, or probably as you know the uh, Sega Genesis. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, and then you had the Raw Rumble at the same time, where you could wrestle such stars as Kona Crush and Rick the Model Martel. Hell yeah! Uh, there was uh, No Mercy. That's a classic one. Yeah, No Mercy the N64, absolute classic. Um, one of the first ones that I really enjoyed was WWE Attitude. They brought out for the PlayStation One. Um, that was just before they brought out Raw, that had like Ahmed Johnson and Stone Cold on it and stuff like that. Um, it was the one where there was the same controls, but you could you had to pause it, go onto moves on the options, and then it'd give you a long list how to perform a fucking DDT. You'd have to go up, down, right trigger, left trigger, uh, X, circle, square, and you'd do a slap. So it was just so, it, like, I was so happy when the first ever Smackdown came out, because it was just simple. It was just simple controls. They used to make it so difficult to perform a basic move on the old wrestling games. And I also remember the god-awful WWE Crush Hour. Oh, my good God. That's that's one of many, isn't it? There's been numerous WWE-affiliated games that they've brought out uh, that have got nothing to do with wrestling. Yeah, that was just they were in cars battling yeah. each other. It was, uh, I think they missed a trick, though, not having Spark plug Bob Holly on, on that game. <laughs> with yeah. his gimmick being the racing fucking driver. I know, we're like, I know we're like 15 years too late or something, but... Oh, yeah, Thurman's Sparky Plug. Next up, uh, Matt Larkin, we have a Singapore Kane match of Tommy Dreamer versus Al Snow. Um, Chris Nowinski gets involved in the match. And he, he does an absolute utter swing and a miss at Tommy Dreamer. Um, it was like, like, obviously, when they're in pre pre uh, planning the match, then they're planning everything together, and they pick the spot and they go, right, what you need to do, Chris, is you need to come into the ring. You need to swing this cane. But obviously, you're not going to hit Dreamer. The Dreamer will move. But he made sure that even if Dreamer stood still, that cane was never going to hit him. It was the worst. I know it's, it's, it's only a small thing to pick up on. It's not really wrestling, is it? But it was one of the worst bits in wrestling that I've seen in a long period of time. It was just a terrible spot. It was, I don't know what it was that annoyed me so much about Chris Nowinski swinging this cane, but it just it riled me. I wanted to throw things at my TV screen. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer with the Singapore cane matches. That was like a standout with him back in the day in the Ruthless Aggression era. I mean, him against like guys like Al Snow... Steven Richards, Brock Lesnar, yeah, I remember those type of matches that he used to have with those guys. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then we, we cut to our next match, which is Big Show uh, against Rosie and Jamal and Rico. Uh, Big Show, um, after getting dominated a little bit at the start, he then turns around and gets the victory, um, which really annoyed me because um, Rosie and Jamal, as I touched on a, a briefly a bit ago, they are getting, or they have been getting, um, ridiculously pushed. Um, I mean, every star has had their three minutes. Um even legends come back, like Jimmy Snooker came back, um, and he had his three minutes. 
Um, they've pushed him so much, and then they just have Big Show destroy him. I, I, I didn't agree with that booking. I didn't agree with that booking. But then we go backstage, and the booking kind of makes sense. Hey, hey, coach! You can't interview this piece of garbage. He's just been traded. Traded? What are you talking about? You heard me. Let me spell it out to you so you can understand. You've just wrestled your last match on Raw. You're out of here, and I don't ever want to see you again. And by the way, you'll be here for my attorney in the morning. Traded? Eric Bischoff tells Big Show that he has now been traded to SmackDown, and he needs to get out of the building immediately. So, I can kind of see that they have... Big Show is now going to SmackDown as this dominant monster. He's just destroyed three-minute warning, and now he's off to SmackDown uh, to see what things are to come over there. And I agree, because he was he, they were doing really nothing with Ron Raw. I mean, look at even from July, that few Booker T. You know, he loses to him at Vengeance, then he beats him in a Falls Count Anywhere match and pins him in the shower. And then, uh, yeah, they really did nothing with the Big Show. He wasn't on SummerSlam, really wasn't on Unforgiven, wasn't on No Mercy. This is like the first time we'd seen him in months. Yeah. And it's, it needs something. Uh, there's, there's, I'll touch on it a bit later. There's a, there's a couple of moments where there is so much talent that's just kind of getting wasted on Raw at the minute. or not. Uh, I won't say getting wasted, but certainly not being used correctly anyway. Um, and then we cut to the world uh, where we've got um, Shawn Michaels sat in a wheelchair, looking a bit beat up, a bit worn down, um, obviously still suffering uh, the hands of the, the beating from Triple H back at SummerSlam. Um, then all of a sudden, Michaels rises like a god out of the chair, He's fully fit, and he's on his way to come for your Triple H. Get ready, because Michaels is on his way back. Uh, but Triple H needs to understand one thing. I've told him once, and I'm going to tell him again. Don't hunt what you can't kill. Now, I realize I don't look good, but the fact of the matter is, I'm going to get you somewhere down the line. And if you're a little bit skeptical, let me prove to you just how far I've come. Somewhere down the line, from this moment on, each and every Monday night, I want you looking over your shoulder to the left. I want you looking over your shoulder to the right, because HBK is up and he's mobile. That means I could be coming from the ramp. I could be coming from the crowd. I could be coming from underneath the ring. I could be coming from the rooftop. You don't know. And you don't know where. I can assure you, HBK is coming back, and somewhere down the line, HBK is going to get you. Don't hunt what you can't kill. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then we get to our main event match of the evening. Um, it's a tag team affair of Rob Van Dam and Kane uh, against Triple H and Ric Flair. Obviously, last night we saw Rob Van Dam come out and save uh, and try to save Kane um, at No Mercy. Um, so, are we starting to see now? It looks like a bit of a tag team alliance between RVD and Kane. Um, during the match, uh, Kane and Triple H they start brawling. They head off backstage. Um, RVD manages to get the victory by hitting the five star on Ric Flair, and then it's where it all turns a bit dark again. So, as we touched on at the start, we have lines like "murderer" and "rapist." 
Well, what happens here is Triple H and Kane, they go into the back, into the uh, car park, the parking lot. Um, with a bit of an assist from Hurricane, uh, Kane manages to lock Triple H into the, the boot of a car. Uh, and he says, screw you, Triple H. It's just a matter of whether I'm going to do it if you're alive or you're dead. Yeah, I remember that. And then Hurricane gave the old cheesy smile, yeah, oh, this angle. This angle. And this is not just an angle. This is the the biggest angle on WWE's flagship program. Uh, yeah, that's all I can say is, uh, oh, sorry, it's just it's so bad. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Mike Larkin. And this is Stevie Nicks. To check out the SM Show podcast and more great audios, check us out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash mclarkin92. And we are now on the Swerve Talk Network Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. UK time, along with the Max Wrestling Podcast, Offshoot Radio, Sunday Segway, and the Wrestling Matters Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter at SMShow1 and at SM. You won't be disappointed. Peace. Moving on to the first episode of SmackDown since No Mercy. It's October the 24th. Um, we start off, so Raw started off with a boring Triple H promo about Kane being a murderer. This starts off with Rikishi versus Matt Hardy. Um, Rikishi beats Matt Hardy and all of a sudden, Big Show appears and comes down and dismantles Rikishi, gets on the mic, Brock Lesnar, I'm coming for you. Statement made, I'm looking forward to it. So then we get to Rick. Stephanie comes out and she wants to present this trophy to Angle and Benoit for winning the tag team title tournament. Um, a bit of a tug of war happens between Benoit and Angle. Uh, they fight over the trophy, ended up breaking the trophy, um, and they decide to have a match uh, a bit later on to decide who deserves to keep the uh, the broken trophy. Uh, but while they're fighting with the trophy, um, Stephanie tries to obviously stopping them, but she falls over. Kurt, being the gentleman that Kurt Angle is, picks Stephanie up. Uh, Stephanie then delivers a slap to Kurt Angle. Chris Benoit with that missing tooth with his brilliant grin. Uh, Stephanie turns around and delivers a slap to Benoit. Uh, it was it was just one of them things that I quite enjoyed this segment, but it, I don't think it was needed for the uh, for Steph to get involved, even though she loves getting involved. As we're seeing in this time period, it's very much SmackDown is the Brock Lesnar slash Stephanie McMahon show. I love this man. I mean, Angle and Benoit were the shit. I love their tag team. They were great. Yeah, what I what I, I I like to always um, to mention as well is with Angle and Benoit, like people are well, let, let's touch on 2017 Cesaro and Sheamus. People are saying how they're the modern day APA just because they had that one bar fight moment. It was like let's let's it, we're, we're, we're pretend we're at the friendly tap again. But Cesaro and Sheamus very much for me are Angle and Benoit. I definitely see that. Uh, some people even say Team Hell No. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I'd, I'd say personally more for me I'd say more Angle and Benoit because um, they, there's so much inner rivalry there with they, they so want to be better than each other and then we get a um, our next one Smackdown is a repeat from No Mercy uh, we've got Jamie Noble versus Tajiri um, uh, Jamie Noble gets the victory uh, with a bit of help from Nidia so much similar to how it was at, uh, at No Mercy um, and then we go backstage uh, and Tori Wilson uh, they're having a bit of a chat about the whole Al situation 
Uh, Dawn agrees to break it off with Al. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we get another t match, uh, a beautiful tag team match. Um, two, uh, four of the uh, SmackDown Six, as they get to be known a bit further down the line. Uh, Edge and Ray, they beat uh, Los Guerreros uh, in a number one contenders match. So Edge and Ray are now going to go on at a later date to face um, Angle and Benoit for the, the newly crowned SmackDown tag team titles. Uh, one of my favorite feuds from back in the day, Edge and Ray versus Angle and Benoit and Los Guerreros. Oh, very much so. Very much so. There's, um, we, we spoke about it in a previous episode. Um, Chavo Guerrero is one that, that never gets enough credit as he deserves for this um, this six-man feud, let's say. Definitely. Um, obviously, everyone always... Benoit, Guerrero, Edge, Angle, stars. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's always going to... Even Rey Mysterio. I mean, Rey Mysterio's massive. Um, but nobody ever gives Chavo Guerrero the credit he deserves from this. And I think working with his Uncle Eddie um, really helped Chavo progress as a wrestler, as an in-ring wrestler as well. He really did seem to come on leaps and bounds. Absolutely, and it's unfortunate because, you know, everybody just thinks of him as Lieutenant Loco or Kerwin White. <laughs> Kerwin White. And we've got all that to come, my friend. We've got all that to come. Um, so then we get to a, uh, an in-ring promo uh, with Taker and Brock and Heyman discussing No Mercy. Uh, and then Big Show appears again up with Big Show uh, throwing Undertaker off the stage. Um, it was a great overhead press slam on stage. Um, you had the, the back guys out. Um, you had Arn Anderson. Uh, you had the EMT soft. Uh, Stephen came out. Uh, Edge Ramos even came out uh, to obviously try and emphasize more than what Big Show doing. Um, so just as I said, it, it does look like Big Show is, is this dominant force. He's going to come on SmackDown. and um, It looks like he could be one of SmackDown's new top stars, let's say, because he's getting straight in there with a feud. He called out Brock Lesnar. He's now getting involved with Taker. Um, Big Show's being booked correctly, it seems. That's what I said. I mean, better than what he was on Raw. Uh, Big Show on this time on SmackDown, just tremendous. No, totally, totally agree. Uh, and then we cut backstage. Uh, we've got uh, Dawn Marie and Al Wilson. Uh, Dawn's trying her hardest to break off with Al, let's say. Um, and then she has an absolute cracking moment um, where she said, out of the few men that I have been with, and the crowd picked up on this. She had a few, few smarks in the crowd. They picked up on the few men. And obviously, Dawn Marie's got a bit of a uh, reputation, let's say. Uh, the crowd picked up. And there was the big shave of the night when Dawn Marie said that she'd only been with a few men. I hate this storyline. I hated this storyline when I was a kid. Two beautiful women, but yeah, they got her real father in there, Al Wilson, just well. Was not didn't enjoy the feud, but they were two beautiful women. Oh, that's no denying. And um, Tori Wilson, for me personally, is one of the the most beautiful women to ever step foot in a wrestling ring. Um, just everything about her. I remember being a young lad, 16, 17, and when she was in WCW, I wouldn't even be younger than that. Everything about her, I was obsessed. I had some unhealthy obsession with Tori Wilson. Billy Kidman, you lucky man. Nick Mitchell, you lucky man. Oh. Alex Rodriguez, you lucky man. Oh, Billy Kidman. That used, I remember when I first heard that. I was like, there is no way that five foot three Billy Kidman is, uh, is like married to this sick. It's like, out. He must be hung like a fucking horse. Well, then she got Nick Mitchell, who was a uh, Mitch of the Spirit Squad, yes. very briefly. And then Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, is he the baseball player? Yeah, I think it's Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, I'll go with Alex. Yeah, Rodriguez, no, I, yeah. I'll, yeah, Rod I certainly the Rodriguez part of it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Tory, Tory Wilson, and we've got more to come from you as well, Tory. You are. Uh, it, it's weird to say, but you are involved in one of the biggest storylines on SmackDown at the minute. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Which that itself's a bit fucking weird. Um and then we get our next matchup. It's Billy Kidman versus John Cena. Um oh, man. John, uh, Billy Kidman gets the victory, but then John Cena, we see every one thing that people are screaming for in present day, we get a John Cena heel turn. My memories of this, Dave. Billy Kim and John Cena were tag teaming in the tag team tournament. They yep. lost to Angle Benoit. John Cena and Kimmon had matches. I think Cena won one by cheating, then Billy Kimmon won one by cheating, then, yeah, as you said, John Cena turns heel on him. And then this is before uh, he reveals his talent, let's say. And then, uh, yeah, off to the races we went with John Cena. Yes, and um, the, the the same John Cena take away his, uh, his little gimmick, let's say, that's going to come up in the next episode of SmackDown. Um, we've still got the same John Cena that, that we see today. And before a certain someone who uh, calls himself B-Squared gets involved. Oh, we've got all that to come as well. I forgot about him. Fucking Bull Buchanan. Jesus. But it was Bossman's bo- boss man's running buddy... Bossman's yep. running buddy, and then John Cena's running buddy. Uh, in, sandwiched between uh, the Stevie Richards' running buddy. Bobby Buchanan was probably one of the only wrestlers that's ever appeared in the WWE that's never worn his own clothes. Yeah, and I mean, well, he, he's a former tag team champion with the good father. Oh, fucking less said about that, the better. I used to despise. I, I remember back right to centre was one of my peak um, sort of yeah, interests in WWE. Um, I, used to, I couldn't wait for Monday Night Raw on a Friday night. Um, it was one of the things I proper looked forward to. Like, like a kid looks forward to Christmas. But the right to centre, um, oh my, they used to fucking rile me, they did. It was the theme music, it was the outfit, it was Stevie Richards' as fucking white socks. Oh, just everything about that group riled me. But I suppose that they did their job. That was what they were intended to do. They did their job, that's what it was supposed to be. Wow. Um, so then we get another backstage segment. Uh, Brock Lesnar accepts Big Show's challenge for a title match. Um, so it's looking like Survivor Series, next pay-per-view, we are going to have Brock Lesnar versus Big Show for the world title. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. They've never met before, uh, so it'll be very interesting. And then we get to uh, the match for the trophy uh, with Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Um, Benoit gets the win after Charvo hits Angle with the uh, t- with one of the championship belts. Um, then afterwards, Angle smashes the trophy a little bit more. And leaves with the tiniest piece of trophy as he walks up the stair, walks up the stair of, of the ramp. Kurt was great, entertaining as hell. Love Kurt. Absolutely, absolutely. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall, the saints, and across the nation, and it's a So up next um, is the October twenty eighth Monday Night Raw. And it opens with yet another Triple H promo. Um, there is a coffin at ringside, and long story short, there's a mannequin of Katie Vick in that coffin. Mike Larkin, you're ten years old. How are you feeling? Why? <laughs> it was terrible. We had the groan from last week. Why do I got to see it again? Stop reminding me of it. We get it. She's dead. Stop. Just stop what you're doing. And then, because Creative couldn't get any more vulgar in this storyline, Hurricane then comes out uh, to show some footage of Triple H having an enema. Is that so, so, so? Well, then explain to the Hurricane, to the Hurra fans and the Canaanites. Explain the footage that I acquired from a local hospital later that night of you 
Triple H in the operating room. Roll the footage. What? Triple H in an operating room? Now the following And then the head of Triple H himself. Fuck my life. I would just like to say I'm so glad I don't remember that part. Really? Oh, Miles Larkin, I'm going to get that YouTube clip and I'm going to send that to you straight away after we've finished on this. Oh, my God. Um, oh. Triple, Triple H then beats up the mannequin. Um, yeah, it's just an, yet another opening terrible... Like, How did this not make people... Do you mean you've tuned in for two hours on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's Monday Night Raw. And then yet again, another week in a row, you've got these stupid fucking angles. Well, you didn't have TNA really on uh, Fox Sports Night yet. We just had them on Wednesday pay-per-views. And I mean, if anybody really wants to watch, you know, guys like Hermie Sadler and uh, Ron Killings as uh, K-Crush, and you want to see friggin' Brian Christopher wrestle over there, uh, and all that good stuff. Even Dusted Diamond, I think you guys talked about on yeah. one of your episodes. Uh, just yeah i think that was that was kind of is one of the most unfortunate uh, unfortunate one of the most fortunate things uh for vince mcmahon and wb at the time is they can put whatever they fucking want on because there is nothing else uh, as we've discussed at this minute in time there is nothing as in a weekly episodic oh I fucking sound like michael cole um a weekly episode of wrestling apart from wb there's nothing because it's true because what the early days of tna being since its inception in 02 here, all you had to do was pay ten bucks for it, and there was no TV. It was just yeah. you know ten bucks every Wednesday. And was that? Did you used to like? Was that through the internet? Then you received the because like I know over in the UK, if, um, we didn't. We, we, I say we didn't have the pleasure uh, of of paying it. We it, they showed it on because we used to have the wrestling channel, uh, mm -hmm. and that that started showing. We didn't get the early the early uh, TNA pay per views. We got the as soon as Impact came on, and uh, that's when we first started seeing it over here. Um, I've only ever seen the old TNA pay-per-views from going back and watching it again. Um, over, over obviously over in the states, was it on? Was it just like on a pay-per-view service? Yeah, it was on a pay-per-view service. Uh, I didn't start watching them until 2004. To be honest with you, funny story. Since I'm a big Jeff Hardy fan, the first TNA show I watched was their second anniversary show with Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles for the X Division title. On Jeff Hardy's debut with the company. Yes, yes. When and then he, that he looked bad, didn't he? Um, Jeff, I remember Jeff Hardy's debut, actually, and it was one of them where you can see why WB had got rid of him. Yeah, and then he did the Jeff Hardy-Jeff Jarrett feud on the on the uh, pay-per-view. Then they had the ladder match where Kevin Nash and Scott Hall hit him with a guitar. Same with Jeff Jarrett, and then that started that schmoz. And then Jeff had a brief thing in 05, and then 06 he came back. Yes, yes, uh, for an ill-fated couple of years. Um, do you think we'll ever see him again? 
I could say I would. I'll never say never. I could definitely see Hardys having one more run. But from what the uh, talks are, I believe the Broken Hardys are looking to re-sign with TNA again. Why not? Why not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, TNA. Um, as I've discussed before, um, I I don't believe anything that I read on the dirt sheets. Uh, um, people are still enjoying wrestling for TNA. Do you know what I mean? The Hardys uh, realistically could wrestle wherever they want in the world. Uh, TNA is doing something for them. They're doing something for TNA. They'd be fools to let go. Absolute fools. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they really need a resurgence in is the X division. I mean, it's the same guys over and over again. For the yeah. knockout spot is Brooke Tessmacher just came back, the former Brooke Adams from oh, WWE. She's a thing. Well, she is a thing of beauty. She is, and she got a, a whole lot better in, uh, when she wrestled in TNA. I mean, Does a lot of people... Twerk? Are... What's that? Does she Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She was terrible in WWE as the Extreme Expose with her, Kelly Kelly, and Layla. I mean, they're beautiful girls, but yeah, they just tried to make them like the Nitro girls. Yeah, and it, it just didn't work at all. Um, all right, so back back to a bit of Monday Night Raw. I know we keep digressing because it's fucking dire. <laughs> um, after, obviously, Triple H, uh, he sees the video that Hurricane showed. He then proceeds to beat up the mannequin, as I said. Um, Kane then comes out, they start brawling. Uh, Bischoff, Terry Taylor, they come out with the refs, and then Sergeant Slaughter comes out. Now, we've just seen Sergeant Slaughter come out on SmackDown. Now, d did he not get drafted? <laughs> because it seems like Arn Anderson's SmackDown's road agent that comes out and interferes. It's like modern day, we now get, uh, is it like, um, Fit Finley comes out and uh, Dean Malenko comes out every now and again. Mike uh, Rotunda. Mike Rotunda, yeah. Um, it's like these, uh, in 2002, it was like Terry Taylor always came out for Raw, and, uh, Arn Anderson always came out for SmackDown. It's like Sergeant Slaughter. He must have a title. He must not be drafted. He must have a title and be able to perform on either show. It's the Sarge, man. He does what he wants. He does what he wants. Um, and then even more people come out to help. Um, you get the, the jobber to the stars, D.O. Brown. Uh, Johnny the Bull, Stan Bowley. He comes out. Okay. Just Incredible comes out. And Randy Orton in this merry, merry group of jobbers. Uh, obviously, Randy Orton is away. he's out injured at the minute. Uh, but Randy Orton comes out to help with the uh, the breakup of Triple H and Kane, so the uh, they are getting everybody involved that they can. But it's getting very repetitive. Where you look at the um, Brock Lesnar Big Show uh, Taker, what we've just discussed, where they got all the guys out with the referee. Uh, the only difference here was the fact that uh, Big Show started launching people off the stage. That was the only difference in both of these end segments. There's not. Yeah, well. I've never understood getting the refs out and the. Um, and when the agents all come out to get to interfere, uh, because they'll leave it, they'll let them fight for five ten minutes before they run down. So uh, Eric Bischoff then comes out after all the wrestlers and the referees have, t have uh, taken away Triple H and Kane. And he announces tonight we're going to have a casket match. Uh, so we've not had a casket match on Monday Night Raw for quite a while. And then our first match of the night, we have got Lance Storm and William Regal against Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Storm and Regal pick up the victory. Um, and then we have a, a backstage segment with, well, I think they're in a hotel room, actually, with Test and Stacey Keebler. Stacey Keebler says to, uh, to Test that, Hurric uh, that Hulk Hogan has his Hulkamaniacs, um, so it's about time Test had his testicles. I love my testicles. Wow. Just, 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 wow. We're, we're having, what is up with creative? I, I'm begging for Vince Russell to come back. They sold those t-shirts, Dave. It was a hot seller on ShopZone.com back in the day. Did you have one? You know what? No. Uh, I was hoping for a yes. One <laughs> fun shirt I did have, Dare to Defy. Ask me whose shirt that was. Dare to Defy? Yes. 
Right, right, I'm trying to work this out. So I've got a feeling that Defy's got something to do with gravity or something like that. So it could be a high flyer. Uh, I'm going to say Rey Mysterio. No. No idea. Zach Gowan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zach Gowan had a T-shirt on the front. It said ZG. The back, it said Dare to Defy. Oh, wow. Have you ever one of the highest sellers in the month that he was, he was main event in Dude, Moppy had a t-shirt, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, Moppy. Moppy, Moppy, Moppy. Perry Saturn. Um, I don't know if you caught Larkin. He sounds like he's a bit of a bad way at the minute, his old Perry Saturn. I so donated $5,000 to him for being homeless. This, I just heard uh, him on Talk is Jericho talk mm. about getting sobriety, which was cool. It's, it's good to see him in a better place. But yeah, the homelessness sucks. Yeah, it's not good for nobody. Um, he sounds like he's had a bit of a bad run. So I think he, he kind of disappeared. And for many years, people were like, where's Perry Saturn? All of a sudden, he popped up and he's in a bad way. So hopefully, he gets the um, he gets the help that he needs because you don't like to see it with any of the uh, the former stars or any current stars or any anybody that's that's had an impact in your life. You don't want to see it. You don't want to see him going through bad times. And he still has that Mike Tyson tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so up next, uh, we're supposed to have uh, Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley versus Y2J and Christian. Uh, but it didn't happen as Rose and Jamal run out while Bubba and Spike are making their entrances and attack them. Um, this was based on earlier where Bischoff was saying, you need to go and make a statement. You need to go and impress me because it's not looking good for you. Especially on the back of getting their butts whipped by Big Show. And then next, we um, get Test against Goldberg. Uh, Test gets the victory from a very, very weak low blow from Stacey Keebler. Um, so it is looking like Stacey is pushing Test. Uh, he's getting a win under his belt, so it's working. It, 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 whatever Stacey's doing at the minute, whatever she's doing to test his testicles, um, it's working because he's now got opportunity under his belt, which is good to see. And I'm sure, CJ, and I'm sure you're, you're listening, brother, uh, Test, fuck you. <laughs> Well, speaking of, well, it makes sense, you know, Stacy and Tess were a thing back in the day before he was with Kelly Kelly. So, okay. uh, so our tag team match that we was going to get a little bit of goal before three minute warning. Uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy now joins Bubba Ray. Uh, Spike is injured through the attack, and they lose to uh, Christian and Chris Jericho. And then we get uh, Eric Bischoff then comes out. Uh, he announces the participants for the upcoming Elimination Chamber at Survive Series. So we're going to have defending champion Triple H with Chris Jericho. Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Kane, and the returning HBK, Shawn Michaels. I yes, was... I was looking forward to it. Seeing Shawn come back, I was a fan of Booker. Booker in there, H, you got, you got guys like Kane is going to be in there too, Jericho. I mean, good stuff, man. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and then we get a uh, our next matchup is Chris Nowinski against Booker T. Uh, Chris Nowinski gets the victory uh, thanks for thanks to Al Snow causing the DQ. Uh, Al Snow came out and actually uh, attacked Chris Nowinski causing the DQ, and at the end Nowinski smiles towards Al Snow. So we are starting to see, I think now, a bit of a connection, a, a bit of a team that's maybe coming together through uh, Al Snow and Nowinski. Um, and then we get a triple threat match for the women's title. We have got Trish Stratus against Jackie and Molly Holly. Trish Stratus gets the victory. She's still your women's champion. And then we get our main event of the match, uh, which is a, a casket match, as discussed earlier. It's Kane versus Triple H. Um, halfway through the match, Shawn Michaels comes out. Uh, he attacks, uh, he attacks uh, Kane. He attacks Triple H. They're going a bit mental. And it finishes with Shawn Michaels. Rogue's off there with Shawn Michaels doing his dance on the casket after Kane uh, has, has thrown Triple H in there to win the match. Uh, so Shawn Michaels, uh, as it stands at the minute, is kind of, I'd say, him and Kane are probably your favourites for the chamber as this episode of Raw goes off the air. Yes, and he's just a sexy boy. <laughs> he's not your boy, Ty. 
Yeah. Boy toy. Or how about speaking of Kurt Angle, the Hall of Famer? He's just a sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt. Oh my God, that promo! That I am so. That's like a couple of years away uh, from where we are, if not longer. Uh, but I am so looking forward to that promo. Uh, and bringing sensational Sherry, just rest in peace to the great. Oh, and he brought he brought Marty Jannetty back. Oh, it was a, it was the the build up to the Mania match between uh, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Marty Jannetty, the walking screw up. Oh my gosh, Marty, Marty, Marty. Poor Marty. Poor, poor Marty. He just needs a cuddle and a cup of tea. So, we get on to the next episode of Smackdown. Uh, Mike Larkin it is the 31st of October, 2002. It is Halloween. This episode of Smackdown was one big entire Halloween party. May Young making out to Jerry. That's all yeah. I gotta say. And a certain somebody was laying a bit of a thugonomics dressed as vanilla ice. Yes. We'll we'll get to that uh, quickly after well the first match uh, was Edge beating Chris Benoit it was a great match to open up an episode of SmackDown. Do you know what I mean? Smack, uh, Raw the last two that we've just covered had Triple H promos. Uh, these obviously the, the last SmackDown it had the uh, Rikishi Matt Hardy match where Big Show interfered so that had a reason. Uh, and this has got Edge Benoit. What a match to start. Um, Edge gets the victory and Angle Angle interferes. Um, so Angle and Benoit they're starting to wind each other up now, uh, getting involved in each other's matches it seems. Uh, and then yes, as you just alluded to there, Mr. Larkin, um, the floor is yours, Cena with his vanilla ice impression. Alright, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a new proposition. Your position is that of a failure. I'm a alien to Jamie Noble's trailer. And then I dare you to run around and cause a scare. Give people the shakes to make them change their underwear. I'm on top, it's my fault that you're under there. You want a bear? Have them all, they'll shave his back hair. I'm fast, I gotta go, it's been a blast. Came out the locker room, stole Rey Mysterio's mask. Tried to get Taker's cast, but it was plastic all too tight. I don't remember the rap to be honest. I just know, you know, something, 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 word life, and everybody's like, boo. Just, it was funny. It was the start of John Cena getting into it, and then, you know, we'll be soon be seeing, as we discussed, Bob Buchanan, uh, B squared. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, it cracked me up when I was a kid, when John Cena, when he started doing the word life. You could even notice um, when he was a face, Anthony. Um, Anthony, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm thinking of another podcast that I do. <laughs> but yes, yeah, shout out to Anthony Walker nonetheless. Dave. Dave, I have to say, when he was a face, he used to do the word life thing, you know, when he would come to the ring too. But hey, I'm looking forward to seeing this Cena as the doctor coming up. Very real, real Me soon. and you both. Uh, we cut back to the Halloween party. Uh, we've got Angle, uh, Kurt, Chris Benoit, sorry, he's looking for Kurt Angle. Um, he's, he asks mask if he's seen Kurt Angle. The screen mask just shakes his head. And uh, two guesses who's underneath this mask. That's right, it is Kurt Angle. Um, this Halloween party, uh, I remember it quite fondly. I think it is, as, as you just said then, with the t- May Young making out segment, but I do remember it quite fondly. Um, just fucking watching it back now, what a joke. What a just, you, you've, you've got a two-hour yeah. program, and it is about an hour taken up with these stupid Halloween party moments. Yeah, and you also had Eric Bischoff and Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, we'll get to that a bit later in the broadcast. <laughs> My God. Um, big, big, in our second match of the night, Big Show then beats Rikishi. Uh, big Show is now supporting new attire. Um, he's got rid of the singlet. He's now wearing a T-shirt and pants. Loads better. Loads better. We don't need to see Big Show's big nipple every match. 
Um, and then we get uh, our next match is Tory Wilson against Dawn Marie in a god awful trick or treat match, which was a was swimming pool full of chocolate syrup. I remember it. It was bad. Don't want to remember it, but you know, hey, two beautiful women, but it was terrible. Very much so. Um, next matchup, Matt Hardy gets the victory over to Jiri. Um, and then we have a, another Halloween segment where uh, John Cena is trying to rap to Stephanie something. And Stephanie's like, what's up? So he breaks character and says, your, da your dad's here, your father's here, and he needs to see you. She goes straight to the office. Uh, and there is someone there in a Vince McMahon. Um, we've got this Vince McMahon person, let's say, because it's not Vince. It's someone in Vince's mask. Um, and uh, the mask is pulled away. And it is uh, revealed to be Eric Bischoff. And he goes in for a bit of a kiss on Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Stephanie McMahon is very much similar to when she kissed Kurt Angle back in 2000. She resists. He's back and better than ever. I got no problem. Eric Bischoff, you lucky man. You're very lucky man. Lucky man. Um, and then we get uh, our next matchup is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. Uh, Eddie Guerrero gets the victory uh, for, as Chris Benoit interferes and just returns the favour from Angle interfering in his match earlier in the card. Uh, right, Mike, we get to our main event of the evening. Uh, it's Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, big Show interrupts. Halfway during the match, he throws Rey out. He literally throws him three throws into the crowd. Uh, and then he takes it. He's looked very awkward, to be fair. And then he, uh, he puts Brock Lesnar through a table off the stage. Undertaker is now done it to Brock Lesnar. So, right, what I said, it looks like Big Show is now being put to the top of the pecking order in SmackDown, and is he going to be the new main guy to, to run the SmackDown brand, let's say? And after going back and watching, I remember as a kid, I really wanted to see what happened with Brock Lesnar and Big Show, because SmackDown was great at this point. I mean, Raw was fine for me, but yeah, SmackDown was hitting it out the park with these episodes. Totally, totally agree. Couldn't agree anymore. Um, we've we've spoke about it numerous times. It's um, People always remember uh, the... Attitude era. Um, people always remember the ruthless aggression era for SmackDown, and you can see why. Um, SmackDown is absolutely pissing all over, uh, all over Raw, and, and the, the best Raw can offer at the minute is your Katie Vick storylines and stuff along them like and, and, and the whiskey, uh, Chris Nowinski, Al Snow feud. It's and then you look at SmackDown, and SmackDown can get away with having an Al Wilson storyline, and they can still get away with having a better program. The women were better with the Raw, though, because the Victoria Trish, what you, what we have coming up is going to be great. And then, But, yeah, unfortunately, we got Tori and Dawn on the women's side there, over there. Well, apart from them, too, SmackDown's not really got much going on when it comes to the women's at the minute. Nah, it's once we get to, like, like the mid-2000s is where we really get with the women. Yeah, but then we get overloaded because we get people like Joe Giovanni um, and uh, Amy Webber. And Rochelle and Lauren Jones with the rookie competition. Yeah. And hey, my name is Andy Orton. May I please take a shit in your bag? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's. And uh... they told me about it. And she pretty much said, uh, I wasn't there, but yeah. So she practically kind of sort of admit that. I wouldn't doubt that it happened. Not at all. What you read, what you read. Uh, Randy Orton was a bit of a, a toe with you. <laughs> uh, back in uh, back in his earlier days, uh, and he was. Uh, I, I imagine that Randy Orton and X Pac would have had a bit of fun backstage back in the day. Have you seen the YouTube video where uh, Randy Orton is coming out of the show and he asks somebody for a cigarette? Uh, no, I don't think I have. No. There's one of there. He goes, "Does anybody have a cigarette? Cigarette?" He does the motion for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Move to the music. 
is the November the 4th episode of Monday Night Raw. There is so many segments on this program. Um, it's something that I mentioned on No Mercy. I went, my concern for Monday Night Raw this minute in time is the fact that they only have one singles title. And it's showing. It is showing with all these segments. Some good, some bad, some really don't. Just don't. Um, first match of the night. Rosie and Jamal, they actually get a victory under their belt uh, as they beat the team of Jeff Hardy and Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, and they're two, Jeff Hardy and Bubba Ray, they're now supposed to be singles wrestlers, but because there is no singles title for them to go for, uh, you're not going to see Bubba and Hardy in the, in the main event scene anytime soon. But because there's no title belt for them to go for, they are constantly being pushed in these just nonsensical tag team matches that are just not needed. Well, I do remember when Jericho and Christian were the tag champs, they did wrestle Jeff and Bubba Ray, I believe, for the tag titles. So, yeah, they just threw them together. Yeah, they were thrown together because they've got nothing. The only thing going on Raw at the minute is the tag team division. But there's, as we've spoke about before, there's, there's not one actual tag team. They're just loads of mid-carders put together because the mid-card is, is um, to, to use a line from our, our good friend Broken Matt Hardy, the, the mid-card is kind of obsolete at the minute on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. Our next matchup um, is Trish Stratus against Ivory uh, with Victoria on commentary. Obviously, Ivory's uh, now making an appearance on, on Raw. We've not seen Ivory for quite a while. Um, at the end of the match, uh, Trish Stratus got the victory. At the end of the match, Victoria, she threw a water bottle uh, from commentary. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. So she threw, and it, she must have gone about 20 feet, this water bottle. And it landed perfect. It was just <laughs> such an ex baseball player or cricket or something like that what a throw dude it was freaking awesome and, and then we I go backstage uh, we get it terry's trying to get an interview off victoria uh victoria's pissed up so she uh, she beats up terry runnels terry runnels is getting she's not getting in the next couple of weeks she's not getting a good rub of the green is terry runnels uh from a backstage interviews point of view and then we get one of the great the start number one the first one of one of the greatest series of videos or vignettes or promo packages, whatever you want to call them, it is RNN Breaking News. What is this now? Now we got breaking news. Oh. oh, God. Hi, Randy Orton here with another special injury update. I have great news to announce. My shoulder now has 32% mobility. That's up 2% from last week. And all I know is that I couldn't have made that much progress without you the WWE fans. So please, keep sending your emails to getwellrandy at wwe.com because with your support, I know I'll be back in no time. We cut to Randy Orton, who says that he is 32% rehabilitation. Uh, and he says, there is an email address set up, getwellrandy at wwe.com. Mike Larkin, I want to know if you emailed that email address. I did not, but I remember the confidential where it was uh, skipping ahead. I hate to do this, but Christmas time where he's in New York. Oh, no, actually, it was probably around this, this time or December. It was around Christmas, before Christmas. He's wearing the Santa hat, and, you know, he's like, I just came off the airplane. You know, the per the steward, she did a great job taking care of me. And, but watch the shoulder. It's very nice to meet you, but watch the shoulder. You know, I'm still. <laughs> I think it's genius. I think it's absolutely. Why not? They did. They, 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 Back in the day, they kind of didn't tell you people were injured, um, and they'd say they went away, they'd use storylines to get them away. 
obviously with Randy Orton, it was kind of knowledge that he was injured. So why not use it as a, yeah, like, for example, Finn Balor, he's been away for six months since he got the injury. Um, why not do something with him with promos, build up a character, do something with him? It's just, it seems like, can creative A not be bothered or B just don't have that creative mindset? The, the wrong people are in creative. And this and the uh, the whole thing made you know my purpose it made his job you know made me groan every time he'd come up because he would come up in like very important segments. Yeah, it would it would just pop up as well. It's, it was really good. It was really really good to see. Um, good to see from Randy Orton as well um, because he's been quite bland. I've touched on it before. He's he's been quite bland since we started doing this podcast. Uh, since he like, even when he jumped come over to Raw, he's he's he's, he's finishing moves across body and stuff like that. It's, it's very bland. It's it's very much Rocky Maivia circa nineteen ninety six. Yeah, and he had the Ozone, which was his original move, that overdrive maneuver, which was the play of the day, the playmaker, the MVP also Yeah, I was going to say, MVP's move, wasn't it, with the, uh, the, the uh, leg over the neck and then twist the body. And Carlito used it briefly. I know Elix Skipper used it. Just say my name, prime time, baby. Uh, right, and then we get to uh, a Lance Storm and William Regal promo. Uh, they said, the un-Americans may be dead, but Regal and Storm are as strong as ever. Um, interrupted by a big pop-a-pump promo. So the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Thir- thir- is it 33 and a third chance to win a match. Uh, big pop-up Scott Steiner is going to be, uh, looks like he's going to be coming to Monday Night Raw. Um, I was quite excited. I remember this back in the day. I was quite excited about this because I was always a massive Steiner fan. Um, going back to uh, New Gen Era, where you've got um, Steiner and his, uh, Scott and Rick, Steiner brothers, uh, in their old school uh, singlets. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Their theme tune, everything about the Steiner brothers were brilliant. Then obviously they went over to WCW again. Um, they started to, they evolved, evolved with the NWO and evolved with how um, time evolved and obviously Scott Steiner evolved his character. Rick Steiner never really evolved, I don't think, as a character. Uh, Scott Steiner seemed to get better and he put himself in a main event uh, stand, standpoint. And now, yeah, I'm excited. Scott Steiner's coming to WWE again. Oh, Rick Steiner with the Chucky doll and Steiner line in uh, WCW, that theme song. And uh, yeah, Scott Steiner coming. It gets no sympathy from the people. Looking forward to it. So next... Needs to have a haircut. This new image is tested. Yes, when he was the Punisher, Andrew Martin. Only that one appearance. Uh, You want to hear actually a funny story? I actually met Test. Uh, Yeah, him and Matt Hardy in 03 were doing a sign-in at FYE out here on Long Island, which is no longer here. Uh, It was very cool. Got to meet Test and Matt Hardy version one. Were they in character? No, they were actually – Test was very cool and same with Matt. Awesome, awesome. I've only ever been to one fan signing um, over here. Uh, when I went over for a couple of the mainers that I've been on to, over to in the past, I went over to one of the, I did the whole event, the whole access weekend, which was pretty cool. And that was back in uh, 2002. So get, got to meet some really big stars back then. Uh, but yeah, I went over one in the UK, which was a, a Toys R Us signing. It was Taz and he never looked so bored in his life. Like they were over in the UK doing the tour. They were in Sheffield that night. Um, and, and there was just Taz there and a big long queue of maybe two, three hundred people 
Um, and Taz, it was that every autograph he signed, you could just see a little bit of life draining from it as the autographs went on. I actually also met Taz. It was not at a wrestling show, actually. Uh, we both, like I said, both Long Island boys. I believe he lived in Mesopiqua, and uh, I live where I live on Long Island. Uh, he was going to the Westbury Music Fair. My mom worked there at the time in the box office, and uh, yeah, we saw him and his wife were going to see a show. I forgot what show it was, but yeah, I met Taz when he came up to our car. So yeah, awesome, awesome. Right, so up next, uh, our next match is Test against the Hurricane. Um, he gets the victory, and then at the end he gets on the mic, uh, and as you've mentioned a couple of times already, Mr. Larkin, he says, I love my testicles. <sighs> Moving hey, on. Hey. Moving it on. Worked. Moving on. Uh, RVD then, the next one-on-one against Christian. He claims the victory. Uh, and then um, we get a backstage segment with Booker T, Goldust, and Kane uh, discussing uh, Triple H and the Katie Vick. Uh, <laughs> Booker T says, why would anyone have sex with a dead person? And then Goldust slowly raises his hand. And they look at Goldust and he says, what? I, I, would... <sighs> I remember that <laughs> I cracked up, but at the same time, I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, very much so. And then our main event uh, it is uh, Booker T and Kane against Triple H. Booker T and Kane get the victory. Um, Thanks again, Shawn Michaels interfering at the end. Shawn Michaels, we're not seeing him, apart from the last five minutes of Raw, uh, which is pretty cool, I think, even though if that happened in modern day, you'd get all your internet dudes that would be pissed off with it. Oh, we want to see more of him. I like this because people are desperate to see Shawn Michaels, and they are showing a tiny little bit of Shawn Michaels running, interfere, celebrate rogues off the air. But were you, ex were you excited? Were you hyped for, um, for Shawn Michaels to these little appearances he kept doing every week? I definitely was hyped. Like when I was on the SummerSlam with you, we had a great match at SummerSlam, a great comeback match. Uh, I knew of him in the 90s. Like I said, I was not uh, watching when, you know, he lost his smile and, you know, told Vader to move, you asshole, and all that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I remember Shawn Michaels was the shit, I mean, in his, in his return run. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him coming back at the Elimination Chamber and doing that matchup. So we move on to the 7th of November Smackdown. Uh, we open up with a, a mixed tag of Jamie Noble and Nidia. They uh, on the losing affair, losing side to Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson. So the, the married couple are getting a bit of action together. Uh, and then Tori, uh, and then John Cena cuts a vanilla iced-esque promo on Rikishi. Uh, Rikishi returns the favour because we all know Rikishi's always loved to do a bit of rap. Uh, it's always been a... <laughs> Rikishi, every time and we see it a bit further down the line as well, uh, they get into a bit of a rivalry. Don't they have a, a, a bit of a promo off, uh, a rap-off, yeah. let's say, a freestyle battle? Rikishi and John Cena a bit later down the line. You're going to see this. It's a battle rap between Rikishi and John Cena, and Taz gets involved. All I can say is it's the Taz mission, Kata Hajime. Oh, I look forward to it. Not... <laughs> and then we we go backstage to Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore. Uh, Matt Hardy gives Shannon Moore his version one shirt, so it looks like Shannon Moore's now going to be permanently assigned with Matt Hardy, which obviously uh, they've got a lot of history back in their o Omega days, uh, which was Matt and Jeff Hardy's promotion. Uh, they, they train together, so there's a lot of history there, which is always cool to see. Um, and then we get uh, the proposal of Al Wilson to Dawn Marie. No. No. Just terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I don't want to talk about it. It was, it was so bad. It was terrible. It was so bad. Uh, and then we get to the, the next match. Uh, 
Big Show, uh, he pins Jeff Hardy. Uh, sorry, the next match, Big Show, he pins Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy, earlier in the night, uh, he said to Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman that he was going to soften up the Big Show, just like he softened up The Undertaker before No Mercy. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah. did, obviously didn't work. Uh, and, and then you ha we have a two out of three falls tag team match, uh, triple threat between uh, the, the SmackDown Six. So we've got Edge and Ray, we've got the Los Guerreros, and we've got uh, Benoit and Angle. Um, match was amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. To, to main event, this is a main event for a weekly program. What I will say to you is we got in touch with Anna, Matt Hardy wanted to soften up the big show. You know, they originally, I think, wanted Matt to do a bump off the Hell in a Cell during that Lesnar Taker thing, but uh, somebody decided not to. All right, okay. I think, yes, and Matt was supposed to do like a bump off the cell. But the, yeah, he said it in a 2005 shoot with a Wade Keller for a pro wrestling torch. Right, so we move on to the last episode of Raw before Survivor Series. It is the 11th of November 2002. Uh, we open up with a tag team match, so we don't actually get a promo. Fuck me, SmackDown's booking Raw. Uh, it's Kane and Rob Van Dam. They beat uh, Chris Jericho and Christian via DQ. And then afterwards, uh, Jericho attacks Christian with a chair um, because Christian alluded to the fact that he is kind of on standby for the Elimination Chamber. If anything happens to any of the wrestlers, Christian will take their place. Uh, Jericho wants to make sure that no one gets in the way of him becoming world champion, so he attacks his own tag team partner with a steel chair. That's because he's the king of his world, and he'll break down the walls around you. Uh, and then we have our next match. We have Jeff Hardy. He defeats Lance Storm in a one-on-one -on -one affair with a uh, Swanton Bomb, which is very surprising to see. I know we spoke about it on the previous episode of Raw. Um, it's good to see Jeff Hardy getting in a one-on-one -on -one match. It's where he is at his best. Uh, unless mm -hmm. he's got his brother. If he's not got his brother with him, I don't want to see him in a tag team match. End of. Simple as. Tinker. Um And then uh, we uh, get Ric Flair backstage with Batista. Uh, he's bigging him up, saying that he's big, if not bigger, than the current champion. So he's, uh, he, Ric Flair's got his eye on Batista, it looks like. Uh, and then in, in ring segment with H and speak uh, uh, refs come out, they get scared, they're going for each other. Yeah, I'm seeing um, Shawn Michaels he, he come out, attack this. Unlike two episodes of Bob, we've seen it early stages. Maybe we get Michaels again a little bit later. And then that is uh, interrupted. Uh, sorry, that is at the end of that, we get a, another big pop-up pump promo flashes on the screen. Um, so it really does look that, that, A, they are pushing Scott Steiner to the moon. Um, are they, or is it, I was thinking this, uh, Mike, I'd like to know your opinion. When I was watching this back, um, do you think that it is more because they want people to be remembered who Scott Steiner is? That too, yeah, because, you know, uh, this was around, this was a year after WCW closed, so, you know, get to know everybody, you know, who Scott Steiner is, he's big Papa Pump, holler if you hear me, I mean, yeah, gets to show who Scott Steiner is and gets to see what we got to come very, very soon. Because I suppose if you are a wrestling fan, like like we've spoken about numerous times, yourself, uh, to use as an example, um, you weren't familiar with, or you wouldn't have been, alive to watch Scott Steiner in his first run in WWE. Uh, well, when his first run, I was about like two or three. So. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, yeah, you, you, so I think it, it is a way of, um, because it does look like Scott Steiner is going to get pushed. There's not many um, guys that they have brought over from WCW after the invasion that they have kind of put a lot of effort in to build up with these promo packages. Yeah, they got the mid-carders from the invasion. We didn't really get the good, like, top guys until, like, 02 and 03. Yeah, oh, the, the invasion itself, that's, that's another conversation for a whole different time. 
So then we get to a another RNN breaking news um, vignette from Randy Orton, where he's, uh, he's 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 not happy. He's not happy. He's pissed off. Let's say because the, the the shoulder strap that he's using, support is in the shoulder, is causing a bit of chafe. Classic. Just <laughs> classic. It was just it was one of the things where it was I, I kind of had to rewatch it. I play, I watched it and I played it back. I was like, well, did he just have just... Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I can deal with that. I can cope with it. Moving on. <laughs> uh, and then we get a um, tag team affair of Test and Stevie Richards. They beat the Hurricane and Goldust. So yet again, we have got four random wrestlers put together. But Test and Stevie Richards did have a bit of a reason because earlier on in the night, uh, Stevie Richards asked Stacey Keebler if she could kind of make him great again. Um, he should have approached Bob Backlund. Uh, she approached uh, see if make him great again like he's done to test and uh, she said she's not got any time but they've come together as a tag team so are we going to see uh, a tag team of test and stevie richards going forward uh but i will say you will see hurricane and gold dust coming very very soon oh hurricane and gold dust so we like booker t with gold dust these they've gone in separate ways it looks like now because booker t is getting obviously he's in the elimination chamber um but why couldn't we have had um Test versus Hurricane or Steve Richards versus Goldust uh, in a bit of a lengthy. I just it, it, all these tag team matches, too many tag team matches. Agreed. Far too many tag team matches. Uh, and then we get to our main event. Uh, Triple H. He goes a one on one with Booker T. Triple H gets the victory. Uh, and just like any last episode of Raw or SmackDown before a pay per view, um, if there's a, a mid a, a, a mega match like the Elimination Chamber. And all the competitors come out. They all start fighting. And it ends with Jericho being the last man standing. So coming into Survivor Series, it's looking like Jericho is going in strong, which, as we all know, means that Jericho will not win at the Elimination Chamber. Typical booking. Magic, no matter which combination. Uh, Edge and Charvo, weird combination, but work perfectly. Um, and then uh, we get to um, a backstage segment with Dawn Marie and Al Wilson. They are wedding planning, uh, so things are picking up a bit of pace. Big day is going to be a. What's the about wrestling weddings? Is not prepared until we get. Um, why not enjoy your engagement party? Enjoy your engagement. Agree. That's but, probably yeah. why. Yeah, too many wrestling weddings, and you see, this was not one of my favorites. Oh, wrestling weddings! My good God, that one always jumps out at me. That one was terrible. Oh, then she slapped him. Then she turned heel, which we all knew it was coming. Nobody mm -hmm. cared. It was, it, what always got me was a, a terrible program like NXT. And this is not, for those that are listening that aren't aware, um, this is not NXT what you know and love. This is NXT when it used to be a reality TV program uh, to we an extent. And they were drinking the soda and all that crap. Oh, it was why have storylines on these type of programs? Um, and a storyline over a green card. Do you know what I mean? Where, how were they expecting that to, one, ever get over and B, ever get a reaction? Because it was... And then yeah, then we had Goldust and Ted DiBiase feud over the Million Dollar Championship. Oh my God! That was when uh, was it? Maurice was paired with uh, Ted DiBiase. 
Might have been, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think she was his on-screen, on-screen girlfriend or something. Oh, Maurice, she was hot back then. I was so glad when she made a return to SmackDown with the Miz. She's, 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 she's Tory Wilson level hot. She's, she's beautiful, man. I love Maurice. Absolutely. Um, right, so we get to our uh, next match, uh, which is uh, Matt Hardy version one, and, and now heel John Cena. Uh, they put the beat in and get the victory over Tajiri and Rikishi. Uh, so yet again, and I'm going to fucking keep bringing it up, we have just got another four mid-card wrestlers getting pushed together for a tag team. You'd think they've got three hours to kill. It's only a two-hour program. Uh, yes. And then uh, you've got uh, Eddie versus Rey Mysterio. Um, he gets the victory after hitting the lasso from El Paso. Um, while he's got him in the move, he's holding on to the rope. Uh, and then we've got Billy Kidman. He goes one-on-one with Jamie Noble in a non-title match and gets the victory. So Billy Kidman getting a, a one-on-one victory. We've not seen that uh, for, for quite a while now. Sorry, the new theme music that, nah, hey, ah, you can run if you want. One of the greatest. Uh, I, it's one of the theme music that I always uh, always reminisce about with this period of time. It's, it's awful, but yet brilliant theme music. It was on the WWE thematic CD. Oh, God. Did you own that CD? I do. I have that CD. Oh, my God. I bet there's some absolute classics on there. Yeah, Waterproof Blondes, uh, Christian's theme, Just Close Your Eyes is on that one. Oh, what a theme tune. They also sang a Sean O'Hare's theme song. The, uh, you know, come on. Okay, it's when Sean O'Hare comes into the scene, you'll yeah. hear it. It's no, I, yeah, I, I know Sean O'Hare is when uh, the ex-WCW guy paired him with Roddy Piper, but I can't remember for life, man. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to his vignettes, though. Uh, what I loved about Sean O'Hare was he was so good speaking on the mic as long as he didn't have a mic in his hand. Yes, and this was around, yes, when he was doing the, you know, I, hey, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Yeah. So. Cheat on your wife. It's okay. <laughs> hey, take a sip of alcohol. You know you want to. <laughs> um, and then we get um, our next match of the night is Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. Um, everybody brawls. Uh, we've got, he invites, they invite uh, the Los Guerreros and uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio down to ringside to scout them. Uh, and obviously you know what happens when people come down to be on commentary or at ringside. It's going to end in a brawl. And guess what? It ends in a brawl. But it has a pretty cool moment where you've got um, Angle, he's got the ankle lock on Eddie Guerrero at the same time that Benoit's got the cross face on Edge. Um, two brilliant submission manoeuvres uh, that are used and replicated to- too much in, in modern day uh, because no one can ever deliver a cross face like Benoit. And for me, even though Shamrock was the first one to start doing it on WWE screens, uh, Kurt Angle, there is no one better that delivers an ankle lock. Agreed. Just it's, it's the facial expressions, it's the... Um, he grapevines the leg. Oh, it's the grapevine. You know when, when he's got... Because with 99% uh, of Kurt Angle um, ankle lock moments, um, you get Kurt Angle will put them in the ankle lock, they'll get to the ropes, he'll pull them away, They'll get to the ropes, he'll pull them away, he'll grapevine. You know you've got fat chance of getting out of that move now. Oh, yeah. And I think the, the intensity that Angle always puts on when he's twisting the, and turning the ankle, um, it does look like that he's trying to snap the ankle. It's, that's why he's one of the best. That's why he's one of the best. And then uh, we get to our main event to an extent. It's a promo. We've got Brock and Big Show. Ends into a brawl. There's some major league blood getting, block, uh, getting dropped by Big Show. Uh, Brock Lesnar batters him with a steel yeah. chair. The commentary from Michael Cole, maybe Paul Heyman was wrong. Maybe Brock Lesnar can beat the big show, that unprotected chair shot, the blood coming down his face. That was an epic brawl. He told me to get his big ass out here. Paul Heyman was resisting. Yeah, that was classic promo and classic beatdown. Yeah, it was, and I think it was a great um, a great way to, to build up their feud because as, as all you've seen since um, 
Big Show got transferred, he got traded over to SmackDown. Uh, all you've seen is him just attack people viciously, throwing people off stages, putting people through tables. So I think the best way to end SmackDown before Survivor Series um, is, is for a bit of blood, to be fair. It's, it's, I, I do like to see, and it's not really it's a bit sadistic to say, but I do like seeing a bit of blood in wrestling, um, if used correctly. And I think here, to symbolise this feud going in, it was a perfect time for one of them to blade. We recently did see blood on the UK tournament with Danny Birch. So, first round, there's a little bit of controversy because Jordan Devlin, who's Finn Balor's uh, protege, took on Danny Burch, who's currently signed with WWE. He's in the Performance Center. He's appeared on NXT many times. Uh, he wrestled Jordan Devlin. He kicks him in the back of the head, and the Jordan Devlin you know, bleeds as soon as his head hits the mat. And he does the cover one, two, and he kicks out at three. But but the thing is, uh, a lot of people were chanting BS, you know, because, you know, they wanted to see it go on. But they pretty much stopped it after, you know, his blood because he was beaten profusely from the back of his head. And then Jordan Devlin, you know, super kicked him and he became the heel of the tournament. But, yeah, so Jordan Devlin doing heelish tactics. Danny Burch getting busted open. But overall, it was a pretty good tournament for the two days it was. I enjoyed it very much. Um, do, are they? Is there been any talks? I've not read anything. I don't know if you have. Is there any talks of um, incorporating any of the UK stars into the main roster, or are they just going to kind of hold fire and go with this? Um, what? Well, what's they keep saying they're going to go with this UK telecast, the UK weekly program. I haven't heard anything yet, but I would assume so. Uh, I think there's talks of bringing in Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne was tremendous as a heel on that. Yes, on that. Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne was what the one. I, I'm aware of Pete Dunne. I've seen him before. I think it was for Progress or something like that. I've seen Pete Dunne. It may yeah, he was a nice interview as well. Yeah, um, and yeah, he he impressed me. He's a, he can move for a powerhouse, and he is a stock. He's a stocky guy. Yeah, they, that's why they call him the Bruiserweight. I mean, he's tremendous. Wolfgang is tremendous. Trent Severn, a lot of great guys. And Mark Andrews, who made the jump from TNA to, to WWE. He was used piss poorly in TNA. He won British Boot Camp, and then, you know, he turns on uh, Team X Gold there, DJ Z and Braxton Sutter. Nobody gave two squirts of piss, and, uh, yeah, he left. And yes, uh, I must say, Andrew uh, Mandrews was the only one that I was aware of or, or familiar with the name before. As, as we've, we spoke about numerous times, uh, me and Indy Wrestling, we couldn't be further away from each other as possible. Um, so I'd, I'd say um, me, me and Michael have discussed this off air. I think it's how my brain has been designed over the years. Um, Vince McMahon has done a bloody good job uh, because all I've seemed to have a an appetite for is to watch WWE. I can sit and watch the network all day long and go re-watch some of the old stuff and never get bored. But somebody introduces me to a new, uh, a brand new promotion, a new promotion I've never seen before. It, it takes me a long time to, to physically get into it. I think it's because I'm not seeing an Undertaker versus Triple H. I'm not seeing a Rock or an Austin or even a Cena or an Orton. Um, I th yeah, I, I don't know if I want to care. I sort of just don't seem to care. Um, so, next is um, going to be from Madison Square Gardens. On the card for the pay-per-view. Um, I'll quickly run down that for you. We're going to have Lance Storm and William Regal versus Goldust and the Hurricane. Uh, we're going to have Bubba Ray and Jardy against Free Warning, Rosie and Jamal. We're going to have Billy Kidman against Jamie Noble for the great Victoria against Trish Stratus for the Women's Championship in a hard Big Show versus Brock Lesnar for the World title. And for the WWE title, we're going to have Los Guerreros, Angela Benoit and Edge and Rey Mysterio in a triple elimination match for the tag titles and also we are going to have the elimination chamber the first time ever Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Christian Booker T and Rob Van Dam will fight in tons of steel 
Are you excited for Survivor Series? Yeah. And uh, personally, since I went to the Survivor Series, it was a great event. And that Lance Storm and William Regal against Goldust Hurricane match turned out to be the Heat match. Oh, did they? Was that, was that pushed off the card? Yes, that was on Heat. Oh, so so not Regal against Goldust in the Hurricane. That's why I laugh because they have the uh, on YouTube they have the Survivor Series match cards where you know they would run down the cards, uh, and then you see that match advertised. But it turns out when you get to the uh, when I got to Madison Square Garden, that was the match that they taped for MTV on Heat. Was that matchup? Oh dear me, dear me, getting relegated after the Un Americans had such a run. Uh, that we've covered. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm so disappointed that my boys Lance Storm and William Regal are on the undercard. But we'll wrap it up there. Um, so as I say, up next in the pay-per-view land of WWE Survivor Series, but up next, coming from ourselves, uh, will be Rebellion 2002, where we take a, cri a trip across the pond to see such superstars as Tiger Ali Singh in action. I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. Uh, but Michael, as always, thank you ever so much for coming on, sir. We always love having you. We love your knowledge. The fact that you grew up in this period of time is added benefit to us. You're like our own little ruthless aggression encyclopedia. Um, so, Michael, if you want to let the guys know where they can find you, where they can hit you up, and what is coming next. Uh, first of all, again, it's always a pleasure coming on doing this with you guys, and uh, you guys are more uh, you guys are more brave than I am to talk about Rebellion 02 and that. <laughs> Oh, I gotta say, uh, yeah, but you guys can follow me on uh, Facebook. You guys can like the pages SNM Show Podcast and SNM Network Shows. The SoundCloud is soundcloud.com slash mclarkin92, where you can hear such shows as the SNM Show Podcast, the Stevie Nicks Experience, the Golden Age of Everything, Wrestling Unleashed, Wrestling Maniacs, a bunch of interviews, and much more. Uh, Twitter is at SM Show One or at MCL92. Uh, and the Instagram is Larkin underscore 92. We are now on the Swerve Talk Network, which is swervetalk.wix.com slash network or just slash SMO. Uh, our latest episode, episode 23, is up there. And we are on there Fridays, 3 p.m. Uh, not 3 p.m., I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 a.m. UK Time. Uh, Wrestling Unleashed will be coming there very soon on Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. UK time, and Sundays for the Golden Age of Everything very soon as well. That's 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and that's 8 p.m. UK time. You guys will get that on the Swerve Talk Network. And uh, I'll plug my homie because, you know, they hold my homie without him. There would be no SM show at Steve Nicks SM on the Twitter and at Isles Mets SM on Instagram. There you go. Busy, busy boy. So plenty of good stuff to come from Mr. Larkin. And guys, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. Um, a beat that be on SoundCloud or iTunes. We're just happy that you're involved. Uh, and as always, if you want to find us, facebook.com forward slash R8Era Podcast. Twitter at R8Era Podcast. SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash R8Era Podcast. We like to keep things nice and simple. But until next time, I've been Dave, joined by Mr. Larkin. Thank you again, sir. And until next time, peace out, people. You're welcome. Peace out. Who in the hell are you? I'm John Cena. John Cena, huh? Well, you tell me. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business?